reading this morning is taken from Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, and I'm reading from verse 33. Mark, chapter 9, and reading from verse 33. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand amongst them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but to the one who sent me. Let's pray to God. Who's the greatest? People have been uh, fascinated, haven't they, with uh, this question for throughout history. People have talked about who's the greatest. Who's the greatest uh, person ever? Who's the greatest uh, footballer of all time? Uh, some familiar faces. Obviously, the one in the middle is the uh, the greatest, in my opinion. But you will have uh, you will have your own opinions about who the greatest is. Uh, there's no doubt about when it comes uh, to rowing about who the greatest is. Although there are some competitors, some people who would like to to think that they uh, they are good. But uh, this question of greatness uh, is one that is often talked about. You know, who's the greatest uh, singer ever? Who's the greatest sports person? Who's the greatest? I read somewhere that they even have a thing in one of the papers about the greatest sermon, the greatest preacher. And this idea that we lift greatness up in our world is something that, of course, we are familiar with. And in many ways, the Olympic Games epitomises greatness, doesn't it? It's the greatest runners, the greatest rowers. Uh, the greatest archers, the greatest come together to compete, to find out who is the best, who is the greatest, who's the fastest, who can jump the longest, who can jump the highest. And uh, this is the world that we live in, isn't it? We live in a world that celebrates uh, greatness, that looks at people's achievements and, uh, and stands people uh, out because of some great achievement. But in the kingdom of God, it isn't like that. Sometimes you hear the phrase, don't they, that we live in a topsy-turvy world. Well, the kingdom of God is a very topsy-turvy world. I came across this little poem. If things grew down instead of up, a dog would grow into a pup. A cat would grow into a kitten. Your sweater would grow into a mitten. A cow would grow into a calf. A hole would grow into a half. Big would grow into something small. And small would grow into nothing at all. The kingdom of God is not like the kingdom of this world. And uh, greatness in God's kingdom is very different. But uh, the disciples were having just such a discussion about greatness. Uh, Jesus asked them, uh, what are you arguing about? Uh, But they kept quiet because they knew that what they were arguing about, Jesus wouldn't have been very impressed with. But they were arguing about who was the greatest disciple. And so this idea about who's the greatest has been around for at least 2,000 years. 
And of course if we looked in the previous chapter, or, or earlier on in, in chapter 9, we might, uh, we might get a, a little picture about perhaps what, what was the motivation of that argument. At the beginning of chapter 9, we have the transfiguration, you know, when uh, Jesus took Peter, James and John up on this high mountain, and they had this wonderful experience where, where Moses appeared, and there was this bright shining light. And uh, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, when they came down from the mountain, uh, they must have felt very special because they had experienced something with Jesus that the others hadn't. And you can imagine the scene that they came down and they would have, you know, said, Oh, we've just experienced this wonderful thing. We can't tell you what it is. But, whoa, it was great. And we were the chosen ones. We went up. In other words, you didn't, we did. And maybe this was the root of their argument. And then maybe Andrew was saying, yeah, but, but I was the one that, that first met Jesus and I introduced you to Jesus, so I'm the greatest. And you can imagine how the argument went as they, as they were talking about greatness. And then Jesus uh, says, what is it you're arguing about? And suddenly everyone was quiet and nobody spoke. And then Jesus goes on to talk about greatness in the kingdom of God. Greatness in the kingdom of God. And greatness in the kingdom of God is something that we all ought to want to achieve. But greatness in the kingdom of God is very different to greatness in the kingdom of this world. And of course the difficulty is, is that we live in two worlds, don't we? Uh, You know, we are citizens of this world that we live in. In 2012. But we also have a citizenship of heaven. And the problem is that these two worlds get a little bit mingled and mixed up. uh, Because we've got one foot in both worlds. And very often what happens is we bring many things of this world into God's kingdom. Very often people say to me as, as a minister and leader, sometimes you'll find this very hard, but sometimes people get upset and cross with me. I know you can't imagine that. Uh, because I'm not leading in the way that they want me, them to lead. And very often what they're looking for is a kind of dictatorship leadership. They want me to say, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going, and uh, you're either with me or take a hike. Because that's how very often leadership is, is experienced in the world. And Jesus talks about greatness and he talks about leadership and uh, what he says is the kingdom of God is different. It's not like this world. And so greatness in the kingdom of God is about being the very last. It's about being the very last, Jesus says. He says, if anyone wants to be first. I don't know whether he he kind of had a smile on his face when he said that. Because obviously, everyone wants to be first, don't they? Nobody runs in a, you know, we were messing about with the kids, but really, the reality is nobody runs in a race and tries to come last, do they? Uh, Everybody wants to be first. And Jesus says, if anyone wants to be first, because he's talking about the kingdom of God. And coming first in the kingdom of God is just as difficult and as hard as coming first in the kingdom of this world. It's difficult and it's hard. And he says, he must be the very last. The very last. He must be the very last. If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last. This is the, uh, the 100 metre final at the Olympics this year. Who won it? Usain Bolt. We all know that, don't we? 
And uh, Usain, Usain Bolt. I mean, we like Usain Bolt, don't we? But he's a bit of a big head, isn't he? You know, everyone else is stood at, stood at the starting line looking really serious. And he's there clowning about, messing about. And, uh, because he knows he's going to win, doesn't he? He, he, even as he's running along, he's, he, he's able to look around and just see, is anybody, anybody near? And very often he slows down at the end of the race because he knows he's going to come first. But, um, anybody know who finished last in a 100 metre final? Eight runners. Who finished last? It was also, uh, it was also Jamaican. There we have it. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Uh, As for Powell, Jamaica, 11.99 position, 8th. Actually, it's not bad, is it, finishing 8th? You know, the 8th eight, fastest person in the world, I'd be quite happy with that. But I guess he was probably disappointed because he finished last. Uh, we don't tend to celebrate uh, finishing last, do we? You know, it's not something we normally celebrate. It's, uh, you know, you see the reaction, we've seen it in the Olympics, haven't we? Even some, some people that, that, that got a silver were disappointed. Did you see it when, uh, in, in the diving, when our guy was jumping in the water because he'd won bronze, and the Chinese guy was banging his head against the, the wall because he'd only got a silver. He was absolutely devastated because he wanted to finish first. He didn't want second place. Um, you know, we, and when we talk about, don't we, second place in, in quite a, a derogative way, you know, second class citizens. Have you ever travelled by train? I, I travelled by train uh, a while ago and I'm, I'm travelling to London uh, l- later on next month, uh, courtesy of the NWBA, and I'm going to be travelling first class. They're paying for it, I don't, I don't mind, they're paying for it. Uh, and there's a, there's a huge difference between first class and second class, isn't there, if you've ever travelled. In first class, you get a free breakfast, you get as much coffee as you like. In second class, if you want anything, you have to, you have to pay the extortionate prices, you know, £3 for a cup of coffee, £5 for a bacon sandwich. In first class, you get silver service. Everybody wants first, don't they? Nobody wants to be a second class citizen. And yet, Jesus says... If you want to be first in the kingdom of God, because the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest disciple, in in another one of the Gospels they had this argument about who's going to take the the, the right hand and and the left hand place when Jesus comes in all his glory, and, and they want those special places. And Jesus says if you want to become first, then you've got to be prepared to come last. You've got to be the very last and uh, you know people are strange aren't they I read this somewhere that people are strange they want the front of the bus the back of the church and the centre of attention God bless Brian for sitting on the front row that's what I say you know if you ever stand and preach and uh, and you've got front I've been in churches where the first three rows are empty and, and sometimes you feel like saying well I'll come down there and join you because it's funny isn't it uh, we want first place in, in some ones. We're first in the queue when, when they're giving something out. We don't want to be the back of the queue. We've been at the back of the queue in Asda and Sainsbury's and we all want to be at the front, don't we? Because in this world, everyone wants to be first. And Jesus says, in the kingdom of God, uh, true greatness is preparing, being prepared to let other people go before you and be last. I don't know whether you uh, heard on the news yesterday, sad news wasn't it, that uh, Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon, 
passed away. Uh, anyone know who the second man on the moon was? A bit louder? Buzz Aldrin, yeah. Can you name the other, the other ten people? You know, twelve people walked on the moon. Only twelve people have ever walked on the moon. Uh, I guess the reality is we couldn't name many of those twelve, could we? Everybody knows Neil Armstrong because he was first. I read a fascinating book called uh, uh, Moon Dust, where uh, a journalist tracked down the remaining at the time. He was, he was writing there were nine people uh, still alive who'd walked on the moon. And he tried to track them down and interview them and talked about, uh, about how, you know, that experience of walking on, on, on the moon. And he also talked to other people. There's one guy who went to the moon twice and never got to, 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 to actually step on the moon. Imagine the disappointment. And he said that had really kind of messed with his mind. He'd been all the way to the moon twice and didn't get to go and, and walk on it you know, uh, but Neil Armstrong was first and I was reading about the, 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 something about the space race and, and do you remember it was called a space race and it was this big battle and it, it was a race it wasn't really about scientific exploration, the Russians had put the first man in space and the Americans were absolutely devastated and they really were, they were going to make sure they were first to land on the moon because there's something in us, isn't there, that we want to come first. We don't remember those that come second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and certainly those that come last. And what Jesus is saying, in the kingdom of God, the people that are last actually matter. The people that are the bottom of the pile actually matter. And if you want to be first in the kingdom of God, you've got to be prepared to put yourself last. That means you've got to allow others to go first. Imagine in a race, imagine Usain Bolt saying, I'm going to let you win. Actually, the others will be delighted. You know, some people who are competitive will say, don't let me win, I want to really beat you. But actually they'll be delighted because everybody wants to win. And the kingdom of God is about actually letting other people go before you. The kingdom of God is not like this kingdom of this world. So... Greatest in the kingdom of God is he's being about prepared to become last. Putting others before yourself. Kingdom of God is also about uh, being the very lowest. Kingdom of God is about being the very lowest. Jesus says not only if anyone wants to be first he must be the very last. He goes on to say, I'm the servant of all. I'm the servant of all. Again, this is so contrary to the world that we live in. The world says, greatness is measured by how many people serve you. The great thing about travelling in first class is, is a, a waiter comes round and he serves you. And you do feel really important. I'm not, I must admit, it's a novelty to me. I'm not used to travelling first class. Some of you might be, but it was a novelty to me. Somebody comes up to you and says, sir, you know, would you like a cup of coffee? I'm used to saying, you know, if you want a cup of coffee, get over there in the queue and, and pay for it. And, you know, greatness is, is, in this world is measured by how many people serve you. And of course, you know, at the top of the pile you've got royalty who has servants who do everything for them. Which speaks of their greatness. And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is, is, is the opposite. It's not about how many people serve you. But it's about how many people you serve. 
Jesus says that true greatness is measured by how many people you help, how many people you serve along the way. So being the greatest in the kingdom of God means taking a lowly position. We read right at the beginning that wonderful passage, didn't we? From uh, Philippians chapter 2, when Paul talks about the fact that Jesus was, you couldn't get any higher than heaven. And Jesus was seated in heaven, and yet he came down to earth to take the very nature of a servant. When he washes the disciples' feet in John chapter 14, what does he do? Takes on the position of a servant. Kneels down and washes the feet. That's what servants would have done in Jesus' day when somebody entered the house. It would have been the servants that did the dirty job of washing the the, the people's feet. And this is what Jesus does. And when he does that, he says, I've set you an example that you too should follow. The kingdom of God is not about taking the highest position. But it's about being prepared to take the lowest position. Being great in the kingdom of God. See why Jesus says, if anybody wants to be first. Because not many people would choose, would they really, to serve. It's much more fun being served, isn't it? It's much more fun when people wait on you and bring you things. That's a much more pleasant experience, isn't it? Than actually having to do the serving. The problem is nobody wants to serve. Everybody wants to be served. We like people addressing our needs, don't we? But really, we should be taking an interest in the needs of others. I don't know if any of you have ever stayed at a Marriott Hotel. Anybody stayed at a Marriott Hotel? Apparently they're, they're very nice. Very nice places to stay in. Uh, but I was really reading that, uh, that J.W. Marriott, who uh, obviously is the founder of the hotel, he was asked the question, what makes the hotel so great? And his response is, we are great because we are here to serve. We are here to serve. And it's all a story of how the employees were losing touch with their purpose of serving. And the company was discovering that the wealthy and successful business travellers were getting great service, while the average customer was not being served well at all. The concept is that you don't just treat the wealthy business customers with great service, you treat each and every person with great service. And he said, before he died, that that's what made the Marriott Hotels great. Because they were renowned for their service. Serving people. Rick Warren says that the mark of spiritual maturity occurs when a believer takes off the bib and puts on the apron. Immature children wear bibs and expect others to meet their needs. Those who don aprons have learned the joy of serving others. Those who don the apron have learned the joy of serving others. And of course that's what Jesus did. He put the apron on And he served the disciples as an example of what the kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God, this is what greatness in the kingdom of God is about. It's about being last. It's about being the lowest. And then Jesus goes on to talk about welcoming the very least. He says, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. Greatness in the kingdom of God is about welcoming the least. I think we've lost something of of the surprise elements when Jesus takes a a small child 
and, uh, and, and uses them as an example. Because we tend to think in our, in our, in our modern Western world, we think of a child as, as quaint and, and cute or as naughty or irritating. You know, we've got kind of ideas about children, about, about what they are. Our social conventions are, are radically different than in Jesus' time. And so when we read this text, we might think that Jesus is talking about embracing maybe the innocence of childhood and having, you know, a simple childlike faith. Um, or we might think it's, 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 it's just being loving and, and simple and, and, and just believing everything that the parents tell them. Because that's what children do, isn't it? You know, you tell your child something and they totally believe it and accept it without any question or doubt up to a certain age. Which is probably about four and a half now. <laughs> but actually, at that time, uh, children, and particularly female children, didn't count for anything. They were the least. And children, when, he, when Jesus embraces a child, he stands for all those people who are not held in high regard. All those without a place. All those without a voice. And what Jesus is telling is, is to serve and embrace people who don't count. Jesus is saying, this is what greatness is like in the kingdom of God. It's about serving the people that don't normally get served. It's about welcoming the least. And we have to fill in the blank. Who, who would be the least in our society? Who would be those people in our society who would never get served? Who would never travel first class? Who would never expect anybody to do anything for them? And we are to seek those people out. And we are to serve them and welcome them and accept them. That's what greatness is like in the kingdom of God. Can you see how different it is? Uh, there's two kingdoms, isn't there? And they're both baying and fighting for our attention. And the choice that we have is, do we live and operate as people in the kingdom of this world? Do we celebrate greatness uh, of those who achieve the most, those who have the most? Or do we operate in the kingdom of God? And Jesus brings this point out again and again to the disciples. And sometimes the disciples miss the point. And uh, Jesus seems to be saying, you know, if you want to be first, folks, if you want to be first, guys, then you've got to be willing to be last. You've got to be willing to take the place of a servant. You've got to be willing to accept people that this world isn't interested in, that this world doesn't count. Remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000? Historically, there were 5,000 men there because women and children didn't count. So they only counted the men. There were obviously many more people there than 5,000. Interesting thing about two kingdoms. They are exact opposites. These are some of the things that Jesus says. He says, do you want to find your life? Then lose it. Do you want to lose your life? Then find it. Paul talks about of, of dying yet possessing life. Of dying yet able to give life. Of being sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Of being poor yet being rich. Of having nothing yet possessing all things. Of hearing words that cannot be expressed. Of being strong in your weakness. Of knowing the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. So, which kingdom are we going to live in? Which kingdom are we going to operate in? 
Which kingdom's values are we going to live by? Are we going to be willing to be last and allow other people to go ahead of us? To, to take notes and to look out for other people? Are we willing to be the lowest and serve? You know, sometimes people say to me, Richard, you shouldn't be doing that. I might be moving some chairs, might even be tidying my office. Can't see it now, so I'm okay for a, for a week. But you know, people sort of say, you shouldn't do that. And they, of course, what they're doing is they're operating in, in the world. They're, they're putting me on a pedestal and saying, you're the minister, you're an important person, so you shouldn't be doing this. Well, actually, in the kingdom of God, that's what we're called to do. We're called to serve one another. Um, my leadership style, or the style of leadership that I try to model, I, I fail on, on numerous occasions, but I try to model a servant style leadership. Uh, here to serve, not to be put on a pedestal. And Jesus said, if you want to be great, you've got to be last. You've got to be the lowest. And you've got to welcome the least. And sometimes we're not very good at that, are we? Sometimes we, 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 are, we, we are, you know, we live in this world and so it's, it's so difficult to not join in with the world that celebrates celebrity and stars. And, you know, we would make more fuss over some people than others, wouldn't we? And the challenge is to make a fuss about the people that don't matter in this world. To go out of our way. You know, next time you're walking down the street and you see a homeless person, go and buy them a cup of coffee or a, uh, you know, a McDonald's meal and, and, and just take it to them. And, uh, and see the response that you get. They'll be absolutely blown away. Because basically we walk past them when we're blinking at them and we try not to catch eyesight because we don't want anything to do with them because they are the least and we've all done it and I hold up my hand I've, I've walked past many homeless people and I'm ashamed to say it I'm ashamed to say it but it's so easy isn't it we live in the world, we're busy people uh, we have this self importance but every now and again when you step down into the world that many people live in you discover something marvellous. You discover what the kingdom of God is about. And it can make a difference. So let's be kingdom people. Let's live in God's kingdom. Let's celebrate finishing last. Let's serve with glad and enthusiastic hearts. And let's welcome the least. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. And we're called to follow Jesus. We're called to be disciples. That's what a disciple is. A person who tries to imitate the master. Who tries to do what Jesus does. And people say to me, you know, I have interesting conversations with some of my uh, fellow ministers. And very often when they're talking about, you know, doing things that Jesus is doing. They're talking about, you know, bringing the dead back to life and healing people. Not very often are we talking about getting on our knees and washing people's feet. We're called to follow Jesus. Let's try and be great in the kingdom of God. But greatness being, means being the last. It means being the lowest. And it means being the least. And that's what Jesus did. That's how Jesus lived. Let's follow Jesus. Let's pray together.